Blog Talk Radio. Another episode of Envy Fire right here with your girl, Nakia. I don't know if you guys are confused, but I am because it's a Saturday, and I'm so used to saying, you know, he said, she said on Saturdays, and and, and now, you know, we haven't had that show since, like, I don't know, February, so I really need something to say on Saturdays with these shows because I feel so lost, like I feel naked, you know? Um, either way, we're here on Saturday, and I had to set reminders, like, all day. Like, my phone's been going off. Like, people looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, what's what's going on? To remind myself to be here at 7 p.m. and not 6.30, you know, because our Tuesdays and Thursday shows are at 6.30. So I'm just, I'm all, all confused today. Nevertheless, we're here, and we're here on time. Thank you for joining us. Because you could have been anywhere. So I thank you for being here with me this evening. Let me do a quick recap before we jump into this interview. On Monday, of course, New Music Mondays, uh, we debuted a lot of new music, um, a lot of, and I almost say crazy. <laughs> the show was crazy for me because not only, you know, the show is we do hip-hop and entertainment, a little bit of inspiration, um, but uh, Monday's show, we had country music, we had rock music, we had pop music, we had R&B music, we had hip-hop music. We gave you a little bit of everything. Of course, you know, New Music Mondays, uh, all genres are accepted. Uh, make sure that your music is uh, at least 45 days, you know, old. I prefer um, 30 days. I prefer 15 days uh, because it's New Music Mondays, all right? Uh, for submissions, make sure that you send everything to Monica at info at IndieFireRadio.com and the subject line, New Music Mondays. Then on Tuesday, um, we had recording artist Linda Washington was here. You know she has that track, Take Me, I'm Yours, that we've been playing. And we're supposed to have Linda on the Survivor, um, Survivor show back in October that we had to cancel due to my uh, brief uh, stay in the hospital. Um, but we are going to revisit that because, as we all know, um, domestic violence is something that we uh, we we need to be aware of. That 365 days of the year, um, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not just the month of October. Linda is a breast cancer survivor and a domestic violence survivor. So that song talked about um, being able to love again. She wrote that, you know, after losing someone that was very, very dear to her. And I don't mean, you know, to death. I mean, you know, she kind of pushed him away because she wasn't able to love him 
um, the way that she needed to love him because of all that she had been through. So she wrote that song to, to let other people know that even though what you've gone through, um, once you've come through it, you know, you are capable of loving, you are capable of being loved, you're capable of uh, showing love. And so uh, if you get a chance to listen to that episode, please do so. And you can stream that song on all platforms. Take Me, I'm Yours. That's Linda Washington. And then on Thursday, um, I did get a chance to speak to our guest that was supposed to be here, Kiwan Fitch-Webster. And we're going to get her back in in the new year because, you know, we're booked until the middle of January, right? So we're going to get her back in in January. Um, and so Susie Newton was able to step in, so I wasn't over here talking to myself. And we talked about some crazy stuff. So make sure you tune into that episode. Um, as you all know, Susie and I do have a show coming in the new year. Um, and a lot of things we talked about on the show is kind of giving you heads up as to what we're going to be discussing um, on that show in the new year. Super excited about that show. All right, let me fast forward to the month of December really quickly because I want you guys to, to clear your calendars right now. The last Saturday in December, the 28th, right here on the Blog Talk Radio Network, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will have the second annual Indie Fire Radio Awards show. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited because, you know, last year we, we did it on a whim. You know, Rich and I, we talked about, you know, every episode we had guests doing some crazy things as far as their promo was concerned. And um, uh, we had guests that would do, like, unfortunately, we are not able to promote your show for a month at a time when we have, you know, two to three shows a week. That's not fair to every guest. And so we had guests who would promote the show for, like, six weeks. They would be promoting the show. And so we said, you know, wow, we're going to have to give, like, you know, so-and-so, like, an award at the end of the year. And then, like, another guest would do the same thing. He's like, wow, okay, so we're going to have to give this guest an award at the end of the year. And finally, you know, it's like, you know what? Um, we got, like, three guests that are doing this. Then we would have, like, a show where, wow, this show was so moving. You know, that was a really phenomenal show. You know, we would talk about this after the show. You know, that show was really inspirational. Um, or this guest really came on the show, and, like, they just took the hell over, you know, or – you know, we'd be like, you know, this show is just, just pure comedy. You know what I'm saying? And so finally, we were like, you know, we need to do like an award show. All right. And so that's how it all came about. And so this year, unfortunately, I, I've had to do everything on my own this year. You know, I'm um, shout out to Rich, Global Money World, doing big things over there in Detroit. Um, and, you know, I lost my other co host at the beginning of the year due uh, to a senseless, um, senseless murder. And so I've chosen not to replace um, my co-host, and, and I'm doing everything on my own this year. And um, I've decided that we're going to put put the names out at the beginning of December, and we're going to allow our listening audience as well as um, the fans and followers, supporters of our guests to be able to vote for the nominations of all of these categories. Now, I'm saying all of this to say this. Um, tonight, our guest is a published author. We have a ton of published authors that have been guests this year. So we've had to add, had to take away some categories, and we've had to add some categories. And it's, it's funny because a lot of these uh, authors are pen sisters and brothers. They're going to be in the same category together. But uh, I'm super excited uh, that your supporters, your fans and followers are going to be the ones nominating you for these awards. So, again, December 28th right here, 
7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time will be the second annual Indie Fire Radio Awards show. We need to get, and hopefully, I say the beginning of December, but it looks like it may be a little sooner um, because I want everybody to have their trophies before the awards show. I'm excited because next year we're going to be in a building. Like, we're already starting, you know, um, to, what do you call it, when your brain starts to, um, you know, function a little sooner than it should. Right now, my brain isn't doing that. My brain isn't functioning at all tonight. But um, we're starting to let that process begin so that we can actually be in the building next year and our winners from year one and year two will be our presenters for next year. So if all goes well, Lord willing, um, we'll be in the building on next year. All right? Very quickly, let me give you some um, hip-hop and entertainment information, and then I want to jump into the interview. All right? Uh Condolences again go out to the family of John Witherspoon, um, Mr. Pop, comedian. Um, everybody knows who I'm talking about. He was laid to rest on Tuesday the 5th. Um, several Hollywood stars came out. And my crazy self was like, wow, like all of Hollywood was there. Because, you know, he was in everything. He did everything. And, and and I forgot that he did so much. You know, I was like, wow, that person was there? Oh, that's right. He was in that. You know, so... Um, again, shout out, I'm sorry, shout out, my condolences uh, to his family, um, heartfelt condolences to his family and his friends laid to rest on this past uh, Tuesday. He did pass away on the 29th at the age of 77. Um, salt and Pepper, you guys remember them back in the 90s? Yes, there's a biopic that is coming out. And I saw the cast and kind of shook my head like, uh, no. Yeah, I don't even know who these women are, and, and I wasn't impressed. Like, if you get the opportunity, I'll post it later on on Facebook, but I wasn't really impressed. I don't know who none of them are. Um, yeah, but they, they have a biopic that's coming out. Um, let's see. Jacquees, new music, new music. Yeah, we talked about this last year sometime, you know, how he self-proclaimed himself as the king of R&B. Well, he did release new music on yesterday, and the album is entitled king of R&B. Yeah. Y'all go check that out. I'm, I'm not impressed with that as well. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, YK Osiris, who came out last year, maybe this year, he's been out for some time, but his name really came out, you know, early, early this year. Uh, he was, you know, verbally battling Jacques, you know, saying, no, 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 I'm the, the, uh, the king of R&B. Well, he got locked up this week. Did y'all hear about that? Like, I was looking for information on him to talk about the fact that he was talking about the fact that he was the king of R&B and actually found out that he was locked up. Yeah. Uh, he was arrested on aggravated assault and strangulation charges. Um, he's in Fulton County Jail. His bail has been denied. Um, and he was booked on Monday. Yeah, this, this goes back to an incident that took place in September. And, again, I say bail has been denied. So, um, his hearing has been set for latter part of November. I'll keep you posted on that. Remember ASAP Rocky got into a little assault incident in Sweden earlier this year. He was incarcerated for about a month. Um, your president was, you know, behind trying to get him back over here in the States. Well, um, he's going back to Sweden to perform. Yeah. He has headlining the show December the 11th at, at Ericsson Globe again in Stockholm. Tickets will be available November the 12th through Live Nation. I wouldn't go back, but, uh, yeah, he's going back. So uh, if you're in Sweden, your boy's coming back. All right? Enough about the world of hip-hop. 
Our guest this evening is Dream Wake Work published author J.A. Butler. Now, I know you guys are probably thinking Dream Wake Work, Dream Wake Work, Dream. You know, you've heard that name over and over and over again, right? I know. And you know, the way I said it, that's the way I have to remember it because, you know, you, you go to sleep and you dream and then you get up, you wake up, right? You wake up and then you work, right? Well, um, and I told you, we've had all, we've had the honor to have all of these um, very esteemed authors on the show this year. And I think I've had them all except for maybe one or two. And we'll have one on the show again next month. But um, J.A. Butler, uh, we have her on the show this evening. She's a published author from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She's been writing for as long as she can remember. So long, in fact, that she still can't believe that this is real, she says. She writes urban romance and is trying her hands in other genres in order to spread her wings. Her daydream novel, Queen, was recently released and is available on Amazon. She is signed to Dream Wake Work Publishing Company, where she is the assistant to the owner and operator of this company, author Asera. Jamie now resides in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and is the mother to two-year-old daughter, Aria. Any fire listening audience, I present to you this evening my guest, published author J. A. Butler. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hey. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I am good. Thank you so much for being here with me this evening. You could have been anywhere. Um, so I want to say again, thank you for giving so freely of yourself and your time to be here with myself and my listening audience. I feel like I've talked like for the past hour. I didn't know I had so much information to talk about. Woo! <laughs> I feel, I'm the one who feels honored. Like I still can't believe I'm actually in an interview. <laughs> so guys, I, I normally don't put business out there like that, but you know how excited I get to find out when... Um, I'm debuting somebody's music for the first time. I am somebody's first, you know, interview in the United States. I am somebody's first interview. You know, that is that's huge for me. And so this evening, uh, this is Jamie's first interview. So I'm super excited to have um, that opportunity to, to, you know, cut the ribbon and be her first interview. Um, when did you <laughs> first realize that you wanted to be a writer? I don't know. It just was like, so when I was younger, I just loved reading so much. So it was just like, and I know how books made me feel. So I was like, you know, I want to be able to do that, like make people feel how I feel when I read books. So then after, because I was already a bookworm, I just started writing. And it, it wasn't until like really I hit middle school where I used to have like a composition book with me all the time. And I used to like write stories. And my friends, they used to literally pass the book around the class. And at the end of school, the school day, they'd be like, when you come to school tomorrow, you better have a new chapter written or we're we going to beat you up or da 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 We need to know what happens next or this, that, and the third. And I was like, oh, all right. I got y'all. So wow, that's basically that's how it started. That's crazy. I, um, I was in a car accident um, about five years ago. And I suffered a traumatic brain injury, or I was left with a traumatic brain injury. So I don't remember a lot. And this year has been very um, exhilarating for me because having so many authors on the show and sharing how they um, how they started writing, like for me, um, I suffered from migraines anyway, and that for me was um, a form of relief 
to be able to write. And I forgot simple things like passing around a journal. Um, I had another author to say, like, she was an only child, and so she would play school with her dog, and she used to sit the, you know, put the paper in front of them, and I don't know how the dolls would write, but she would, you know, initially she would be the one who would write it, but she would grade their work, but it would be her own writing, and then she would put that in a notebook, and collectively that's how she wrote her poems, and I thought, oh my gosh, I used to do the same thing, so it, it's funny to hear these stories of how you all, you know, how this all originated for you, and it helps me to remember, oh, dang, this is what I, I did also, um, but when you pass the notebook around and, and came back, you know, at the end of the day or, or came back the next day with an, another chapter, um, what did you do, like, with these notebooks? Um, did you still have them? Did you um, form them? Unfortunately, I don't still have them. them. Unfortunately, I don't still have them. I was kind of a hothead when I was younger, so when I got angry, anything that was paper got destroyed. So I don't <laughs> still have them anymore. <laughs> but you basically, it would be like at the end of the day, they would tell me what they think will happen or what they would want to happen. So I would just go off that, like, all right, y'all just gave me an idea. I might make that happen. I might not make that happen. Somebody might die. Somebody might not die. Y'all won't know until tomorrow. Wow. What was the first, um, or what was an early experience for you when you realized that um, language had power? I can't really pinpoint it, like, age-wise, but I know when I was in elementary school, I was in this reading program called YET just because I loved reading. And it was, like, it was literally a program where we, the whole, for like, an hour and 30 minutes, all we did was read. Wow. I think that is something, and and, and I, I don't know, because my children have always been in um, private school, so they had, um, they had a lengthy amount of time in each subject. So in reading, you know, they did have an hour of reading, and they did have an hour of math, and, you know, they did have an hour of history. Um, but I think that is something because that cliche reading is fundamental, um, that is something that needs to be implemented in schools. Now, if it's not still in schools, that is something that they need to implement in, you know, <laughs> in schools now. Um, I'm going to check on that. Yes. Uh, like for me, I'm a big reader. Wait. <laughs> We keep starting at the same time. Go ahead. Oh, I said just for me personally, because I'm a big reader and I have a daughter and it's like, I want her to love books as much as I do. So since she's been born like me and my stepmom will read to her, like she has, she, she got more books than I do now. And her birthday just passed. And instead of get people getting her birthday cards, I asked them to bring her a book with personal messages. And she does love reading. Like, sometimes she'll go, like, pull out a book herself and go through it. I mean, we do still read to her, but sometimes she doesn't always sit still for the whole entire story. But I'm thinking, like, I think I did do my job of instilling the love of books into her. 
And you said books with personal messages. I remember when my kids were smaller, um, especially my older one, you could personalize a book and make it all about that child, put that child's name in the book, put favorite things that that child likes. Is that the type of personalization that you're talking about? Um. Well, no. Well, like, they basically, nope. for me, they picked, well, I, I wouldn't mind them doing that, but, like, they, for me, they, they basically, like, picked books out for her, and then they, like, wrote a message to her in the book. Oh, God. I <laughs> Yeah, she so I know. Well, don't you mean you see those yeah. personalization books, and I see them all the time, and I'm like, I'm going to do that one day for her, just so she can have, like, her picture in a book or what her name, like, oh, you know, this yeah. book was written about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been around for a minute, because my oldest is 25, so we did that for him probably when he was, like, I don't know, two or three years old, and that was that was huge, you know, back then to see, you know, the little black boy in a book, and I mean now it's it's nothing, you know, now, but back then that was that was huge, and to see that these are things that you like to do, and I know I, I know I had another author on the show where she wrote um, books for children who, um, like special needs children, so who you know they don't they don't see themselves um, highlighted and and print at all. Um, and so to show them that, you know, you're still special, um, she writes books for them and their names are in the books. And, you know, she talks about the things that they like to do and, you know, she makes them superheroes, you know, um, that's the thing that she does, you know, in her community. Um, and I'm gonna stay right there while I'm, while I'm on that. Uh, Are there anything, you know, anything in particular that you do, um, as far as your brand is concerned in your community? Um, when I was younger, when I was living in Philadelphia, I was a part of the young, uh, the city, the city year young heroes program. And every first and last Saturday of the month, we will go out and do community service. So I actually, I've really enjoyed that. I, I haven't really, since I left Philadelphia, I haven't really done anything for the community wise yet. But uh, my stepmother, she has MS, and she, every year she would talk about wanting to do the MS walk for for a cure. But because of her MS, like, she can't walk for too long. So me and her came up with the idea this year to start a, a bake sale, an annual bake sale for it to donate all the money to the MS Society. That's awesome. I'm going to get you in contact with um, another guest that we've had on the show who he's actually in Atlanta, um, and he's in the process of writing a book. Um, but he is, um, he's an MS warrior, I'll say. Um, his name is Caso Moore. Um, but he has, uh, My Struggle is My Strength is his organization. And um, he does a lot of uh, things for people worldwide um, as far as his organization is um, concerned. And like I said, he's in the process of writing a book, um, you being an author, you know, I think the two of you may be able to collectively work together. So I'm going to give you his information so, you know, you two can, um, you two can hook up. Um, I know that writers are, are encouraged to write about um, things that they know. So how have your real-life experiences impacted um, the type of stories that you write? Shoot, man, living in Philadelphia, like, even though I was pretty much sheltered, there's still, like, you know, you can't protect your child from everything. So. Right. Like, no, I don't know all about, like, the drug life. Like, I really, like, any time my book mentioned anything about drugs, it's because I probably sat there for, like, a good hour, watched a documentary on it before I put that in there. Mm-hmm. 
or I'm just going off of like what I read in other hood books, and I was like, okay, well, this happened in this book, so maybe I can switch this up real quick and throw that information in there. But yeah, living in Philly is like now, like today, Philadelphia is getting really dangerous. So it's like watching the news and hearing it from my mom or like my sisters or like other family members is just like, oh shoot, like all right, now I got a little bit of information for like a book or something I can use that. So. I don't know. I always try to write about what I like, what I already know about. When you sit down to write um, a story, do you know how it's going to end? Nope. I have no idea. Like sometimes I do. Like for me, like if I start writing a story, it's because I have like a spur of the moment idea, and I just start writing. And then, it's like, after I had, like, gotten out my initial idea, is like, after that, I was like, okay, so what, what I'm going to make happen next? And I got to usually sit there and think about it. So, it's like, with me being a part of a publishing company now and, like, not being able to have, like, my friends from middle school, because we're still in contact, but without having them reading and telling me what they want to happen or what they think is going to happen next, it's like, I really got to think of every idea about myself now. This is kind of hard. <laughs> so, it's like... To, uh, my publisher, uh, Sarah, she gets on me about this all the time, but it'll be like, I'll go weeks without writing because it's just like, I don't know what I want to happen. I don't like, or I do know what I want to happen, but I don't know how to put it into words. So if it's like, if I don't, if I can't figure it out, I won't write until I know exactly what I'm about to write. So how do you stay disciplined and not get distracted? See, that's my thing. I can't stay focused. I have, like, when I'm writing, I have to have a little bit of, I have to have a little bit of a distraction because if I don't, then I'm going to find something that can distract me entirely from writing. So, like, when I'm writing, I either have music playing or, like, I'm watching Hulu off my phone while writing on my laptop or I call somebody, like, I call one of my pen sisters or my publishers and talk to them while I'm writing because they usually keep me on track, too, while distracting me at the same time. So it's like I need to have be somewhat distracted to stay focused. Yeah, you sound like me. Like I'm I'm back in school again and so like I have to have music, like all the time. Music, I gotta go to sleep with music, I gotta wake up with music, I gotta take tests with music and so um I don't consider that that's not a distraction to me. That keeps me focused. Um so I, I feel you. I feel yeah, you on that right. What what's your what's your writing process like? As in, what exactly? Like, do you have to have an outline? Um, do you do research before oh. you start writing? You just nope. sit out and start writing. Nope. I, I just, I just start writing. And I think that's what sets me apart from my pen sisters and my pen brothers because they always they're so focused on like word counts and stuff like that, and they be having their word count goals. And I'm just sitting over here like, we gotta do that. Like, is that nothing we are supposed to do? I mean. I don't oh, have a word. Yes. I don't have a word count, but when they start posting their word counts, I'm like, oh, well, I have this many words. I don't really have a, a goal for how long, how many words my book is going to be. It's going to be as long as it needs to be. Girl, I know Candy, um, and and I know I know your your pen sisters because I've had them on the show. But Candy, I don't know what she's writing now, but the past couple of weeks, it's like she's been 
focus on making sure, you know, she's she's meeting whatever deadlines and goals that she set for herself. And so, you know, I always see her posting like, you know, I got to meet my word count for today or, you know, I got to meet my word count for the week. And I'd be like, yeah, they they serious about this. You know, T. Bedford, she's the same way. I'd be like, oh, they, they real serious <laughs> about this. <laughs> Candy's Candy's next book is gonna be really good. I actually been helping her a lot on it a little bit here and there. Like I'll text her, make sure she's doing what she has to do, and ask her if she needs help and stuff like that. But like, yeah, they all be talking about their work count, and I just be sitting over here in the corner. Like, I mean, I don't like fourteen thousand words. If that means anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see a lot of authors. Um, and I pay I pay a lot of attention to it now because I've had all of them on the show, um, and so um, I'm just like yeah. I don't think I could never be as disciplined as as all of them are. So I come in. I yeah, me too. All I'm them. like in the in the Dreamwave Work Company. I'm even though I'm not the youngest one in the company, I'm the youngest one. Like I'm the baby in the company. So it's like I'm the one like in our group chat. I'll be like I really be just on some other type time, and I'm the one who always like trying to keep it keep the energy alive. And sometimes I'll be like, you know what, good night. I can't deal with y'all tonight because I really be like on some out of pocket type time. But it's like I'm I'm like she's training me and everything to to try to get me to be a little bit more professional. But it's just it's the kid in me that's like, nope, we're not doing this. This is what happened. This is what we're doing tonight. It's books after dark. I don't care. Got you. Hey now, what's good? It's your girl, Jana Blackwell, Sea Town Records, Mistress of Soul. And you're on the air with the hottest independent station, Indie Fire, with your host, Nakia, giving you that heat right here on the station, bringing you all of the hottest hip hop hits, Indie Fire. Good, just tuning in. You're live right here on Indie Fire with your girl, Nakia. And my guest this evening, Dream Wake Work, published author J.A. Butler. So yeah, urban fiction, or urban romance, I'm sorry, urban romance. Um, talk a little bit about your recently released debut novel, Queen. Oh, can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Give my listening audience a little bit of information about your recently released debut novel, Queen. So Queen is a girl, well, Queen was, well, the start of Queen basically was supposed to be a book about me, and then when I started writing again, I was just like, no, I'm going to change it up a little bit. So Queen is basically this girl who, like, she was living in, like, York County for a little bit, or Lancaster County, I can't exactly remember which county I had her living in, and then she was in this abusive relationship with this guy named Ness, and she she didn't really want to be with him, but... She was, she was, at the time, she was the type to, like, you know, why should I have to work when I got a guy who had, who can spend money on me? But after the last time, like, Ness basically tried to play her or whatever, she decided to, like, finally cut him off completely. And in the process of doing that, she met this guy named Logan. So Logan is as a big-time drug, like, an up-and-coming drug dealer. Like, he's not a kingpin exactly, but, like, he, he, he was working his way up. And he's also a father. And basically, the point of the story is, like, they're both trying to get their life together. Like, they both have different struggles and drama that's going on. So the book just depicts that and how they get their relationship stronger and 
stuff like that and how and I don't exactly know how it's going to end yet and I'm not going to spoil you the ending but basically it's just going to go through their emotions like oh this is what they're going through right now and this is the struggle that they're facing while they're trying to just pull their life together so how did you decide um the characters for this book um I like to be online a lot and I I just for some reason I would just I would have loved to have the name queen or name if I have more children in the future the name one of my kids like queen or king or something like that so I'm just like you know what I'm gonna just use queen and then Logan came because I used to role play online a lot basically and for those who don't know what that is it's like you're basically telling writing a story with somebody through text back and forth so you will write like a paragraph or something and send it to them and then they will have to respond to that but you're all but you always stay in character while you're doing it so I basically uh took one of my role-playing partners character Logan and asked him if like hey if it's okay if I use Logan to put in my story and he was like yeah cool sure and so that's basically how Logan came to be Is it difficult, um, since you're talking about Logan, um, is it difficult for you to write from the opposite sex point of view? It's only difficult when I get into, like, those R-rated scenes. And that's when I go, like, to my male friends or, like, to my boyfriend. I'll be like, hey, how does, like, how would you, like, describe doing this? Or, like, what are you thinking about while you're doing this? So I have not had the opportunity to read Queen yet. I'm behind in all of my reading. Um, but you mentioned that there are R-rated scenes, I'm assuming, in this book. Um, and yes. the bio mentions that you are trying your hands at other genres. Um, would erotic yes. be one of those genres? Um. I, I know I can write it. With the scenes I write in Queen, I know I can write an erotica. And I already talked to Ty about doing a, <laughs> doing one of those. But I want to, like, I want to try, like, because, like, because I was born in Philly, all I know is, like, hood stuff. And I was like, I don't want to mm-hmm. only write urban fiction novels. And it's like, I can do mm-hmm. romance. Like, I can write a romance book about it being based in, like, the ghetto or something like that. But it's, like, I want to do, like, a paranormal book or, like, a mystery novel or, like, a fantasy. And I think fantasy is going to be one of the hardest ones I had to do because it's, like, I have – I tried it before, and it was, like, I really can't sit here and just think of a whole new world. Like, how do you do that? And I give props to the authors and directors who can do that because I'll be sitting there, like, I don't see how they do that. Like, how do you just come up with, like, a whole new world, a whole new universe with these people and species, like – where like how do y'all do that? I couldn't do it. I think we had another author on the show earlier this year who was urban fiction and decided to um she wanted to she was into the paranormal and so she wanted to write um and and, and that uh genre and there was another word ahead of it. Um and I actually did get the opportunity to read just a little bit of her book and, and thought, wow, she, she did pretty good. Um, uh, nothing I would ever want to do because uh, I'm not interested in any of that. You've mentioned this several times um, throughout the interview, the fact that you're from Philly and um, all you know is, you know, the hood 
do you think that urban fiction is defined by um, its subject or the skin color? Um, Only. I never, I never really thought about that before. I don't know. I guess I, I guess I would just define it by like where it's taking place, and yeah, mostly the skin color, just because a lot of African Americans go through a lot of stuff that other races wouldn't really know about. Like where I feel like our race is a little bit more raw and a little bit, I don't eccentric. I guess I'm not really sure how to answer this question or my word choice, but yeah, because I know I'm not saying like other races don't read urban fiction. But when it comes down to where urban fiction is mostly targeted towards the African-American community. Do you ever suffer um, from writer's block? I do. And that's on the weeks where Sarah will be getting on my ass about not writing. <laughs> She's like, did you write today? Uh, do you want the truth or do you want me to lie to you? <laughs> And what do you do? What do you do to, um, and this is an answer that, that I think both um, artists, music artists, and authors uh, would benefit from. What do you do to overcome that? Well, usually if I know I, like, if I feel like, all right, it's been a while to, that since I last wrote, then I'll start, like, I'll start watching movies. Like, I watch a lot of, like, urban movies or I'll watch Power because it's kind of going through, like, the same thing that Logan's kind of sort of going through at the moment. And, like, you know, I, I watch stuff that I know has, like, that's basically telling a story about what my characters are kind of going through. So I watch, I'll watch movies or I'll listen to music or sometimes I just kind of try to rock it out and I'll just try to write. And if nothing happens, I'm just like, all right, I'll just give it another day or two because I don't want to force it. And then if I force it, I feel like, you know, it's not going to be as good as everything else I've written so far. Like, it's not going to make sense or it's not going to fit in well. Or it's be like, I'll call one of my friends and be like, what's going on in your life right now? A lot of people view writing as um, a form of, of therapy. So when you're going through that writer's block um, and you, you know, maybe you call your friends and, hey, you know, talk to me about what's going on in your life and, you know, maybe I can use that as an escape for me. Um, do you look at it as a form of, of of therapy to be able to help you get through your blockage or um, sometimes as a- are you just stuck? As a person who do suffer from depression, I do find writing as an outlet. Like, a lot of the poems I have written has because been because of my depression. So, for me, it's like, if I write poetry, I can't write, I really can't write poetry unless I'm in a really emotional distress state. But I do find writing as a way to escape just because it's like, you know, I don't have to think about what's going on in my, in my, on in my life right now. I can create a whole new life write like just by writing and then I get stuck lost in that and it's like it's the same way for me when I'm reading like if I don't feel like dealing with what's going on in my reality I read a book and you know what they say a non-reader lives one life and but a reader lives a thousand and I have lived plenty of lives because of all the books that I've read 
<laughs> and so when I have my writer's block, it's just like, okay, okay, well, do I, I need to I need to do something. Like maybe I've been focusing too hard or so I basically like, you know, just try to take the time to, you know, recuperate myself. And then when I, after that time then went up and I feel like I, it's been a little bit since I last wrote, I'll open my laptop and look where I left off and then I'll just start writing. And it's just like, for me, it's like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just like sometimes I just need to take a break. And it's just like when my writer block come, I just I just have to take a break from it for a little bit, and then when I come back to it, it's just like, oh, okay, this can happen. Right. You got several callers. I'm gonna jump in. I'm gonna grab you. I know I recognize one number, so I'm gonna save that number for last. Uh, and I know that you work with and for a publishing company. Um, what do you feel? And I'm not I'm not referencing this company at all. Um, but what do you feel is the most unethical practice? in the publishing industry? I feel like the most unethical practice is not writing your own book. Like, I feel like people can't call themselves a writer if you're not writing your book. Like, if you can't sit there and think of a book to write and you have to go and find somebody else to write your book or you're plagiarizing somebody else's work, then you can't call yourself an author. Mm. Mm. All right, caller, area code 903. You're on. <laughs> yes. Who do we um, have? My name, is, uh, my name is Little Gary. I am from Texas. Well, how are you? And uh, I am doing fine. I had just, I usually call in on the poetry deals and uh, read my poems and stuff and uh, have a good time doing it. And I just had come across you under the comedy and, uh, was interested in it and seen that you uh, was a published author and uh, 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 I hope to one day become one. And, and my question would be uh, for you, how, so many people since I got in this world, everybody wants money, which I get that, you know, and uh, I, I was just wondering, how do you know that a publisher is for real? I have a couple of people who want to publish me and of course they, they all want money. And uh, I just was wondering uh, what should I look for? I'm not even sure how to begin to answer this question, but I'm going to just tell you from my experience, like when I first got offered the contract with my publishing company, I was so, and I was just like, I was just, sometimes you just got to ha- be ready to take the risk. And for me, I was like, you know what? I don't even care if I get paid. I don't care if this happens. It's been my dream because I was a little girl to write books. And as long as my work get out there, I'll be okay with that. It is a sacrifice I was willing to make. I'm hearing everybody looking over this contract. And so many people are like, well, you need to ask about this. And you need to ask about this. And this, that, and the third. Or I don't think you should do it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do it. And I did it. And now look where I'm at. Right on, right on. I, I did self-publishing, and I published myself. Um, I've sold uh, 11 copies, and I'm thinking about buying my 12 right now. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it, it definitely uh, is not working. But uh, I, I just uh, am interested, and uh, and it's awesome, man. Uh, bless you. You're awesome. Kick ass. Thank you. <laughs> what type no, of job yeah, right. Um. Oh man, my stuff is different than anything you ever heard. Uh, I'm on allpoetry.com. It's uh. Funny, real, sometimes adult. Um, it, it's awesome. You ought to look up little Gary, L I L Gary, on allpoetry.com, and you'll you'll see what I mean. Oh well, I know 
DreamWake Works Publishing is exception is accepting submissions right now, and you can send your submission to J dot A Butler DreamWake Works at Gmail dot com, and we'll go through it. And if we like what we see, or if we feel as though people have potential, then we'll send you guys contracts. Oh yes, ma'am. And hey, since I didn't have my secretary right here, she already got off in Texas time. Can you say that one more time? Now that I got a pen. <laughs> The email address you want to send your submissions to is j.abutlerdreamwakework at gmail.com. Dream, dream what? Wake. Dream, wake, work. Wake, work. Okay. At gmail.com. Uh, yes. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I called into it. And uh, you've got to be awesome. I'm going to have to check you out because uh, – you know, uh, I, I feel you, man. It's awesome. And uh, bless you. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you, you for calling you. in, Bill Perry. Right. All right, area code 317. You're on live. Hello. Hello. What's going on, ladies? What's going How on? How are you? I am better than good, better than most. Who do we have well, on the line? This is Antoine Floyd Sr. Well, how are you, Antoine Floyd Sr.? I am great. I um, I just wanted to know, um, J. A. Butler. I uh-huh. wanted to know, um, yes, can you hear me? Yeah, I can yes. hear you. Okay, I just wanted to know, J. A. Butler, um. Um, your your book. I'm I'm not sure exactly, but you on the is that you on the cover? I get asked this question so many times, but no, that is not me on the cover. Okay, all right, all right. That's a nice cover. And one more thing, have you um talked about doing any um? Have you thought about doing any uh? Like traveling. You know, going to um, events and stuff of that nature. Yeah, there's been talk about it. I'm not going to mention any details right now just because these stuff are up in the air. But there might be an event happening sometime probably next year where I'll be in South Carolina. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I just wanted to say um, congratulations and keep on grinding. Thank you. Same to you. Thank, Thank you. you so much for calling in. Right, area code 757. You're live on Indie Fire with Nakia and J.A. Butler. Who's on the line? Oh, I wasn't even, this is Sarah. I was just listening in. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I actually, I know it was you. I actually um, brought you in when the, Lil Gary was asking the question about the publishing. I brought you in then, but I wasn't 100% sure that was you because this isn't the number that I have, um, but I thought it was you. Um, but he, he did receive the email address, so hopefully he will um, connect with you all um, and, you know, can move further. Yeah, Thank and I, I, heard, um, I heard Lil Gary saying, you know, uh, about uh, spending money. Uh, I just right, want, if he's right. still listening, I would just want to tell him that he shouldn't 
be paying right. anybody. like he shouldn't be putting any money up front. So that's something that right. that he he needs to look at. He doesn't want to be um signing with any vanity publishers, anyone who's like, Yeah, you know, if you give us this thousand, you know, amount of thousands of dollars, then we'll publish your book for you. So that's definitely one thing that he does want to look out for um when he's looking at these companies and just um just in general what they can offer him. So, um, and less about what, you know, he can, because we, we know that he's going to be writing, but what can they offer him? So that's, those are some things that he wants to consider when he's considering um, a publishing company. That's excellent information. And guys, as I tell you, you know, we've had some best of the best I consider on the show this year. So when they give you this information, don't just sit on it. Make it applicable, you know, to your life because they're giving you information that has been beneficial to them. So um, instead of you, you know, like FLBD was on the show earlier this year for a couple of times, and he said, you know, um, when he first started writing, you know, he did spend money. He spent a lot of money a couple of times, you know, and you learn from trial and error. Um, and Sarah's telling you, you know, you know, make sure that you're reading um, these contracts and what's being put in the contract. And this is – this is also Absolutely. the same for my music artists, all right? Um, don't be so quick to give up your money. Of course, you're going to have to spend some money, music artists. You're going to have to spend some money. But make sure you're reading everything that's in those contracts first, all right? Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep tuning in, Sarah. No problem. <laughs> Jamie, how did publishing your first book change your writing process? I'm not gonna say it changed my writing process, but once I was done with the with Queen, I start I immediately started on Queen too. Right now, I'm only probably a little bit knee deep into Chapter Seven of Queen too, but I'm hoping to have it out by December. And there's been a lot of fans and like new fans and old fans in my inbox asking me about when Queen Two was gonna drop. So it's like I've been trying to like all week this week. I've been, like, booked with work and just with writing. So that's basically all I've been doing all week. But my my, my, my writing process still kind of sort of hasn't changed. And, again, Sarah gets on me about that all the time. But I've been working on it. I have decided to finally start sacrificing my sleep. And people who know me know I love my <laughs> sleep. Like, I get if I don't get a nap at least once a day, I'll get really cranky. But I started to say, you know what, I got to I gotta sacrifice something to get these books out, to, like to get these chapters written because I can't keep doing this. How long did it take to write Queen? Um, well, before I, before I got in contact with Sarah, I was po- posting it, like posting a chapter a week, every week on Wattpad, and sometimes – after I had started, got, when I started my new job, it started to get, like, it started going, like, every two weeks because, you know, I was trying to get used to my new schedule. But it, it took me a little, it took me a while to write Queen because it was, like, even after I signed the contract to be with Dreamwake Work, it was, like, I was still so excited and couldn't believe that this was happening that it was, like, I couldn't even, I really couldn't focus to write. Like, I was just, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm a part of a publishing company now, like. Is this really happening? Mm-hmm. And it was like, I was so unfocused that I couldn't write. Mm-hmm. So that's the only mm-hmm. reason now that Queen is so short. It's only 16 chapters, but it was supposed to be 20, originally 20 chapters. But I was starting right. to get to the point in my contract me. where I was like, you need to get this book out. And so yeah. when so that time to to come, she was like, you're, you're, writing writing you're trying to tell me that your writing process hasn't changed. 
pretty much. No. No. Did you start writing Queen originally, say, February, and you just put it out, say, October? I Give me time say frame. February. Um, time frame, I'm really bad with time frame. I probably I started writing Queen sometime in the summer, so probably like June, July ish. And when did it drop? It dropped in October twentieth or October nineteenth, one of those. Okay, and now you're trying to have part two out by December. Okay, yeah, then my then it changed. Yeah, it changed a little bit. Yeah. I, I see right. where you're going. All right. Yes. All right. Good. Good. As long as we see progress, we see progress. See, I got to get my music artists. I'll be telling them the same thing. You know, if you don't see progress and when you first put your first single out to when you put your 17th single out, then I don't even know what you're in this industry for. So if you're telling me that, you know, you don't see any, you know, there's no progress, you know, your momentum has increased incredibly. And your bio even states that, you know, so long, in fact, that, you still can't believe that this is real. That's progress right there. Yeah. Progress right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so where, do you see, where do you see this? Um, okay, so you got a sequel. Is this going to be like, I don't know what you call it. Is there going to be a part three? I'm not exactly sure how. Um, and then book two yet. So for me, it's like I have to see how book two ends to decide that. Got you. So where do you see um, your brand next year? Shoot, I'm trying to be like a fair. I'm trying to have at least like a couple books out, hopefully at least 20. Well, I'm not going to say at least 20, at the most 20. All right, so let's change that. Let's, let's broaden um, our affirmation. We want to... Um, when we look at Asira, um, we want to be better than Asira. <laughs> I'm not knocking Asira. I'm <laughs> in no way, shape, form, or fashion, because um, as she adds on a new author, as she edits another individual's book, as she, you know, elevates herself, you know, she gets higher and higher. So if you look at where she is right now and say, I want to be like her, you know, she's continuously growing. So you got to keep growing yourself. So you want to be better than her because she's going to keep rising. Right. So let's say you want to be better than her. So she wants she want to be better than herself. Um, and that's, those are some huge shoes to follow because I remember when I had her on the show, I think she was here in July. And I thought then, I thought when I read her bio, and it's funny when I read um, the females that I've had on the show this year, and I've asked a lot of them, um, you know, of all the shows that you could have been on to um, introduce this or to promote this or, you know, why did you choose my show? You know what I'm saying? Um, and yeah. you never, you're never supposed to question God and why he puts people in your life. You're never supposed to do that. And I learned, you know, I've learned that this year. You don't, you don't question um, why these people have been placed in your life. And I remember the level that she was on when she was here back in June or July. And I've watched her, I stepped back and watched Dream Wakeboard grow um, to where it is at now. And I just sit back and, and shake my head 
um, in awe. You know, I am so proud um, to be associated with her and and all. And I say this every time I get one of her authors on the show. Um, I'm so proud to be associated with you all because it is amazing um, to be able to see a woman of color do everything that she set her hand upon and set her heart out to do. It is it is just amazing. So everyone that is attached to her, when you say you, I want to be like her, you know, I want to be better than her, I want to be, you know, greater than her, um, I know it speaks volumes about you, but I know that I can only imagine um, what goes through her mind when she hears uh, you guys say that about her. Uh, I don't know. It, it makes me teary, you know. I don't know how she be feeling, but it really makes me teary. Um, so if, if that's what your aspirations are like for next year, I can't can't fathom what your goals will be like five years from now. But I feel right. like a person like a person like that behind you, pushing you, if she pushes you like that now, and I've heard so many of the authors say, she don't cut y'all no slack at all. So, she don't. And I can, uh, I can honestly say since I've signed up with DreamWake work, I've learned so much from her. Like, right now, like I said, I'm working on Queen 2, but I'm also working on another book as well. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... Like, Queen 2, yeah, it shows some of my growth from being with DreamWake work, but the third book, that, like, the other book I'm working on right now, I, I feel like that's where y'all going to see a lot more of my growth. And I think these are not only um, writing. You're not learning the core values of becoming a better writer, but you're also um, becoming better women. Um, as well, and men, and I've only had one male, you know, Arnold has been up here, um, but I, just in talking to him and everything that she's instilling in him has been um, amazing as well. We've got another caller. I don't want to take up their time. So, I know exactly um, caller, area code, <laughs> area code 267, um, you're on with Nakia and uh, author J.A. Butler. Who does he have on the line? Hey, Mom. Jamie. Hey, Jamie. <laughs> this is my mother. I tried to get on the podcast from my phone. It wouldn't let me. Oh. Well, but, yeah, this now. is my mother, Nakia. Oh, how you doing? Oh, because the person was like, hey, Mom. And I thought, no, my kids don't have this area code. So um, that was <laughs> you saying, hey, Mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm the mother of the author. How you doing? I I'm know you're proud of your daughter. Very proud. This girl been writing since she could read. So <laughs> it's like a dream come true to her. So this is so decent to me. Like her dream came true. And have you had the opportunity to read the book? I got up to chapter six. My phone is messed up. I got to get a new phone so I can finish. But I read what, majority of it. But I like she. I'm telling you, she's been writing since she could read and put words together. So I'm just so proud. So this like, I'm very. This was no, nothing, it's nothing new for you. It's just an accomplishment because, like, to actually see your child dream come true. Like she's been yeah. writing since yeah. she could read and write. So like yeah. she wrote poems, sent poems online. Like, she won contests, but all the way out California. We couldn't get her out there. Like, wow. 
she, she write and struggle like that's all she ever did. And then she write just like an author. She don't use some words in her everyday vocabulary like she's really a true author. And that's just so decent. Like it's so decent to see like one of my kids out of five, like they dream come true. Yeah. Like yeah. something they really wanted all their life. Like all their life, like it really came true. Like that's <laughs> decent to me. Yeah, like I used to run to my mom all the time, like, Mom, Mom, read this poem. I just wrote this. Read this. What do you think about it? Like, yeah, it's just so weird, but it's just like so decent, also. I know you're proud. Yes. You know how many thousand dollar prizes she could have won when she put them poems online? She <laughs> like, was winning them, Joe. You know, there's a time, there's a time and a season for everything. And yeah, so like different now, This is it right now. Like, as long as you keep pushing, like, something you want to do and something you believe in, like, patience is a virtue. It don't happen overnight, yeah. but when yeah. the time comes, it's still, right. it's still, a, like, like it just beats and, like, it's like a dream come true. Like, actually see one of my kids' dreams come true. Like, that's awesome. That's really good. Yeah, I'm very, very, very proud. And I know, like, she should be happy because that's all she ever wanted to do. Like, she'll write books for the rest of her life. I think she happy. <laughs> she yeah. like, I my job to do the right full time. I would. Yeah, like, you know, I got bills I need to pay. <laughs> yeah, she can yeah, survive. Yeah. Like, she keeps doing what she's doing. Like, yeah, like, and it's, it's like, it's just a natural for her. It's natural. So, uh, yes, I'm a very proud parent of my second-born child, Jamie Butler. Yes. You're awesome. Thank you so much for calling in, Mom. Yeah, because they wouldn't let me log in, like, my phone. I don't know if it's the data or my memory stories. Like, I tried to – I went to the link, tried to get on. It wouldn't let me get on. And then my uh, my daughter, after Jamie, brought me the number to call in. Well, I'm glad you was able to call in. Yes, I got to, you know, uh, a parent has to support their child. Like, That's right. Support, especially That's right. This is a dream country. And then at the end of the day, this is the one that always told me she's going to take care of me. Like, she's going to make sure I'm good. Yeah, I, I, used to watch I used to watch infomercials and be like, Mom, I'm going to get you that. Every infomercial, like, I'm just waiting for her to get right because I already know I'm going to have the best gifts from Jamie. She's been telling me this. <laughs> Forever, like she gonna be the one to take care of me out of the five kids. It would be Jamie. Hi, Jamie. I'm gonna hold you to that word. Yeah, I always repeat. She's already working on the second book, so like it'll be more books and more books. She probably be like a John Grisham or what's the what's the other one named Sandra or something. Like she gonna be one of them authors. Like she gonna keep having books. Like. The thing is, as long as she stays with the company that she's with, then I believe that'll happen. Oh, Sarah already know. I told her she might as well get rid of that three-year contract. She's going to be writing books the rest of her life. Like, she's going to be set. Yeah. This is what she do. Like, natural. It's a natural for yeah, her. Sarah, Sarah already know. I'm with DWWP for life. I'm not going nowhere. She can't get rid of me. I'm here to stay. And she's just going to have to <laughs> do with it. Straight like that. <laughs> 